Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I mean, said good morning. Thank you. That looks much better. One or two people said morning that time either. Anyhow, um, it's never get old. Every time I come up here, it feels like the first time. How you guys been? Amen. Who had a good week this week? Raise your hand who had an amazing week this week. Amen. Who had a medium week this week? Who had a bad week this week? Okay. Now, in that case, who spent time with God this week? Okay. So, whoever didn't spend time with God, do you know God is with you to spend time with you, right? But you forgot that He's there to spend time with you. But you neglected and went on your own way and did your own thing, right? I'm only joking. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it's very important that you spend your time with God every week, every day, every hour. You know that people that are saying that I had a bad week, it will become an educational week. If you had a bad day, that means God is trying to teach you something. The bad day is that not there because that is, is God is horrible, God is evil, God is trying to punish you. No, He's trying to teach you something new because there is something bigger to come in your life. Because the smaller lessons are very important to become a big task. Every rain drop counts. Is that true? So every small lesson counts. If you ignore these small lessons, you won't be able to see that the bigger picture that God is trying to show you. Who agree with that? Amen. See, most of the seniors in here, they probably understand what I'm trying to tell you because they have been through quite a lot. I'm 42 years. I'm still young. Who said, wow, James? <laughs> See, I've, I've, I've learned quite a bit for the last 42 years. right? And then I know I have probably another 100 made to go. right? But what I'm trying to tell you is, for the last 42 years, since I remember what good and bad is, what evil and good is, I have learned quite a lot. And I learned from my mistakes. But when I look back at it, all I can see is God all along. So it was never my story. It was His story. He's trying to tell it through me. If it is my true story, nobody want to listen to it. Nobody want to look at it. Because He is the author of my life and my story. All I have to do is walk. Walk in the park. So how did I become from a good day to a bad day? Because just from one single raindrop. One single lesson he's trying to teach you every day. Amen? Right. I've, I've, when I was preparing for this sermon, yeah. re-preparing for this sermon yesterday, I felt like I'm preaching to a fighting church. Because we are ready to a take on a fight every day. Because we are battling, battling with our flesh every day, are we not? There are so many opportunities out there when you step out of your comfort zone over your house. So many ways that you can sin. So many ways that sin can introduce to yourself. But you are battling with your flesh. I am going to stand my ground. 
Right? You're going to put your armor and you're going to fight it through. So I feel like, well, I'm, I'm preaching to a fighting church, so I have to be careful what I'm saying today. Amen? Now, I want to talk to you about a very simple story, yet very powerful. There was a lot to learn from this story. It's a lot to learn from this story. Whoever that going through pain this morning today, physically or mentally, I'm sure at the end of this, this word, there will be some answers to you. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Father. Thank you for this morning, Father. Thank you for another Sunday, Father, that we get to come together and then to praise you, Father, to worship you, Father. The only King of Kings, the only person who worthy of worship, Father. You are King before anybody says you are King, Father. You are God before anybody mentions you as God, Father. Because you're all powerful, almighty. Nobody needs to make you happy. Nobody needs to come and tell you are God, Father. But yet you chose to love us. But yet you send your only son to die for us, Father. Because that love we cannot experience from anybody, Father. You are the only person who can reach out to and give it to us, Father. Father, we ask of you to, to be in this place today. Let your presence will be filled in every single heart, Father. Let your word speak through me, Father. Every single word that proceeds out of my mouth, let it be from you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, this is the very simple story of a young man. Yet, it's a very powerful lesson. It's about David. I love talking about David. You know why? If I get it right, every single person in the scene here can relate to David. Not to him as the person, his story. Am I right? Because he went through a time, a beautiful time. I mean, training, a steady, battling, crying, arguing, fighting. This is literally like our life, is it? Or maybe some of you guys one day. Right? So, let's get into it. Is anybody helping to put the scriptures up? Sorry, Stephen. Make yourself useful. Thank you. Sorry, joking. First Samuel sixteen one. The Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king of over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way." I am sending you to see Jesse of Bethlehem. I have cho chosen one of his sons to be king. Sometimes I'm going to be paraphrasing, guys, so keep up with me. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about, about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take Haifa with you and say that I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled with when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Now, 
This is God staging, uh, 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 staging up a, uh, a scenario, setting up a stage for somebody. Right? So without you knowing, God, already, God is already doing a lot of background work. Right? For you. Now you might think that at the moment that God is, God is busy with doing other stuff, like dealing with other bigger problems that God has. You might think God doesn't really think about me. He don't, I don't really matter to God right now because I'm a tiny speck on this earth. Most of you think like that, isn't it? At least once a year. Right? Yeah, when you go through a rough time, don't you think that I'm sure God is busy with other things? You don't really think of that sense, but you forget that you are important to God. That's what I want to get at. You think that God is not really want to see that I succeed. That God is don't really have me in mind. Right? You f- the reason for you to think that is you forget who God is. Because you put God in the box. Because you limit God in your mind. If He created every single thing that you see, every single you can touch, every single thing that you cannot touch, do you really think that God is forgotten about you? He's given you life. Right? Now, God is setting up, uh, uh, setting up a stage for someone. This young man called David. Right? So in that thought, now Samuel re- replied, Yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice the Lord Consecrate yourself and come to sacrifice with me. Then consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to, to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord anointed um, stands here before the Lord. So now, when, when, when Samuel saw Eliab, in Samuel's mind, that's the king. Because, first of all, Eliab means God is the Father, or God is with us. So, in Samuel's mind, I just met the future king of Israel. If you guys notice what I read, if God wanted to, now God already knows who's going to be the next king, is he not? Right? But, did God give the name to Samuel? No. He said, go, do what I tell you, you will meet the future king, right? Because now, even Samuel is one of the greatest prophets of that time, right? He's a human being. He's not God. God wanted to be an impact. God wanted to leave his mark. If God tell Samuel, go and anoint David, now, Samuel's mind, he will have a high expectation. That means a king expectation. Right? He will think, oh yeah, I'm going to meet the, 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 the muscliest guy, the broad shoulders, you know, the tallest guy, the good looking guy. So he's going to be the king. But God didn't do that. God said, go to Jesse and anoint one of his sons. 
But when Eliab sees, uh, when, when Samuel sees Eliab, in his mind, this is the guy that God wants me to anoint. He's the one, he's the one. See, see how Samuel's human side come through. Right? God said, no, 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 wait. And God said, and then this is, this is how I know that God is, what, what I say is, is like, do not be fooled by his looks. Do not be fooled by his looks. His heart is not in the right place. See, most of you, this one was at the lesson one. Most of you fooled by the looks. You're going through a great diet. In the gym, doing all of this, cardio, working out, bench pressing, whatever not. And you see a one donut in the corner. You keep on looking at it. You keep on looking at it. Right? God is saying, don't, 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 don't fool by that the size of that thing. It looks pretty, chocolate dripping, sprinkle on the top. Do not do it. Because that is not for you. Right? What I'm trying to tell you is most of you, when you're choosing things in your life, sometimes you can get fooled by the way it looks. Right? Me and my missus, when we're looking for houses, we've seen a lot of pretty houses. You know, but every time you pray, we feel like that is not for us. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. And some of the houses that we went to to rent for before we brought, brought our flat, it looks amazing, good view, nice standards, and we were attracted to the way it looked. But when we pray about it, there is something come over and say that is not for us. Let's 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 take a step back. You know. But at the end of it. The place that we live in now is greater than anything that we have looked at. And that's how God makes you wait and that's how God wants to bless you. If you wait for a little bit longer, a little bit longer, He will bless you with the right thing. He will bless you with the right king for the Israel. Like He will bless you, the right king or the queen in your life. If you wait a little bit longer, He's not asking for much. He's asking you to wait. Waiting means obedience. Amen? Are you guys with me? It's just going somewhere. Are you guys learning something? I am learning while I'm preaching to you guys. So, now, he says, the Lord, but Lord said to Samuel, uh, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When I was doing the, I, I kind of remember like how, what, me in the past. You know, I mean, I'm trying to. If any of you guys know, I'm, I, I work in fashion, so I like to, I like to dress nicely. I like to present myself, but I had the most blackest heart ever. I love the the worldly things. I love what other people do. I go out there and live like a person who God don't want me to be. I dress. I look dress good. Smells good, obviously, right? But God said to me, "Nah, you need to change. You need to change. I don't care if you're having Gucci or money. I don't care. When you stand before me, you will be standing without any of them. You have to answer for your deeds when you stand in front of me. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account." I mean, I don't care how many properties you have. I don't care what car you're driving. I am going to look at your heart. I said a few many times this thing. Can you imagine you stand in front of the Lord and then 
God put his little DVD and then showed your screen and said, this is what you've been doing. Are you proud of yourself? You be like, no. And God also saying, this is what I have planned for you. If you did this, if you wait here, if you said this thing, if you went to that place, this is how your life would have been changed. But you didn't do it. Because you know why? Because you haven't developed the keen ear what the Holy Spirit have to say. Right? God is not talking about this ear. God is talking about this ear. If you have your ear open to the Holy Spirit, what He's trying to tell you, He can maneuver your ways so many ways that you can't even comprehend your mind. Amen? Now, then Jesse called Abinab, made him pass in front of Samuel. I was, I was picturing this in my head yesterday. Now Samuel said, can you imagine? Abinab, go through it. King. I was thinking in my head yesterday. So when I read the Bible, this is what I do. I visualize things. All right? Now, uh, go to Samuel. That's not him. He's not the dude. No, 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 no. All right? And the Lord said to chosen, um, uh, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse made Sama pass, but Samuel said, no. Has not the Lord chosen this one? Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. Now, even Samuel is going to start to doubt, like, did I raise myself coming down here? What is God is trying to do? See, sometimes you do all of this work that God asks you to do, and God says, no, wait a little bit longer. See, this is where your human instinct kicked in, because you will take matters into your heart in a fraction of a second. That means you will mess up last minute. Who messed up things last minute? Raise your hands. Right. The last minute, you've done all of this good work. But when you come to the last minute, you got to say, wait a little bit longer. I want to give you one more lesson. You said, no, I can't wait. No, 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 no. no. I want to do what I want to do. Let me do what I want to do. Let me run a little bit ahead of you because I know better than you, God. God said, okay, fine, go ahead and do it. It's not going to end well for you. Because you know why? The God is not in it. Amen? Now, now, 11 says, He asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is, a, there is a still the youngest. Jesse answered, He is attending the sheep. The Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. It just this this is when I'm reading this yesterday, I was like attending the sheep and then we were not sitting down. It's always a picture of Jesus. Because Jesus goes to our face, sheep. You know, and then we are not sitting down, like just the whole whole people waiting until he comes back again. This picture in my head, like circling around, I'm trying to put connect the dots, it's like Wow, this is this is serious. Right? And then so he sent for him and then had him brought uh, he was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Now when Samuel saw Eliab thought he was the king, 
right? But when he saw David, he was like, oh my God, this guy. Can you imagine how the Bible describes that David is a good-looking man? If the Bible describes someone is good-looking, this guy might be good-looking. Am I right? Because the Bible says it. Right? Example, in, in um, when, um, I think it's Moses went to choose the wife, or someone went to choose the wife, I don't remember who. He said that it's, it's a good-looking uh, wife. The wife is, I think it's Abraham. I'm not sure who that is. Isaac, yeah. And then the, the Bible describes something is beautiful. It is beautiful. When God created everything and says that it is good, that means it is good. If God said it good, it's going to remain good. But we like to tamper with it sometime and then make it ugly. It does not mean that you can change the appearance of what God has already did. With whatever God has blessed, nobody cannot curse it. Right? But you are the one who is tampering with it. Amen? Now, then the Lord said to, Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel, I took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that, from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now, now David got anointed, right? Now he's anointed. He's the future king of Israel. Right? Now if you read a little bit more, you will find out what, God, what David did after he got anointed. Who said that? Yeah, he carried on with the sheep, right? See now, so what happened? This is what happened with us, right? Now God said to you, you know, I am God. God um, take God fact out for a bit. Say now, say for example, your boss promises you a promotion, right? God is very, uh, your boss is very charming with you, or good friends with you, and then he promises you a promotion, right? Or something is about to happen in your life that you know it's going to happen, right? As human beings, your first reaction is to do what? To make it happen quicker. Am I right? If, if, if your boss said you're going to be promoted within two months, you will act like a boss right now. You will tell him people what to do when you have no authority to do so. You know, you go and trying to put your head or nose into places that you not belong yet. Why? Because you're not trained. Yes, God has promised you something. It doesn't mean that is yours yet. And it will be, never be yours. Because you know why? Because that is not your story. He's giving you a gift. Even if he promises you, that means you're, so he's giving it to you to use for his kingdom, not for your benefit. Of course, it will benefit you. To use this for His glory. Amen? So this is what we do as human beings. We're just trying to run ahead and then even though God has promised something. Right? Now, he went to, to look up the sheep. Now, if you go back to 19th, 19th. Now, at this time, Saul going through some serious time because God has sent an a evil spirit upon him. Right? Tormenting him. I don't know how is that story. When like her will spirit came down on Saul and tormenting him. So now God is, what I'm trying to tell you is, now God is 
setting up another part of his story. Now, if David, look, think about this woman. If David tried to act like a king, somehow the word's going to get out and then David might get into some hot water that mean Saul might hear about it because back in the day, it's not much people that the word can travel quickly, right? And there's a war going on as well, right? With the Philistines, right? Now, if Saul found out, oh, this guy claiming to be king in Bethlehem, what would happen to David? Right? He would get executed, right? But David, humble enough to keep his mouth shut, go back to and look after his sheep, right? Now, you have to think about it for a minute. Try and apply for this to your story, right? Some of you, when God says something to you, God specifically say to you, do not speak about this ever again. I don't want you to. I want you to keep it to yourself and then be who you are. When the time is right, I will show you the next step. You know why you do that? Because you forget for a minute, this is a little side note, we are living in a natural world with a supernatural force behind it. There were so many things supernaturally changing around constantly, which you cannot see, which you will never see, maybe until after you die. At the moment, there's presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You cannot see it. Either you're not tuned into it, or you don't want to see it. It's one of those things. If you can hear or see it, that means you're walking in the path. Amen? Now, 19. The Saul sent a message to Jesse and said, Send me, son of David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey and loaded with bread and a skin of wine and young goat and sent them with, uh, with his son David, Saul. Now, the reason Saul, now David's gone on this journey is because he can play the liar. Now, the only way to calm down uh, the evil spirit is playing the liar. I don't know what kind of demon is that. Right? It's like one of, like, it's nowadays, if, if, there's a, if you hear one of those stories, we might have to play, I don't know, R&B, reggae, to calm down the, the evil spirit. Now, back in the day, he is very, see what I'm trying to tell you. God has equipped David with many talents and gifts. When the time is right, you will know when to use it. Right? Now, again, God got setting up nicely. David, David was set up nicely. Now, now, if you think about it, now, Saul, God wants Saul out. What he did is, he trained Saul, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your interest on playing this. So one day when it's come to it, you will get, be in the enemy's courtyard without his knowing. Go, God will bring you into places without you knowing. You think, I, I don't understand. In David's head, I am anointed to be king. And I'm sitting down this guy's feet and playing this liar. What is going on? You have promised me Israel. You have promised me the kingship. I'm not playing this. Can you imagine if David refuses that? Can you imagine David says, I am not doing that because the arrogancy. This is what we do. We are so arrogant sometimes because what God said, amazing what God said, love it. But you can be so arrogant and then you will dismiss what God is going to do. Because you wanted to be the person, you wanted to be the big boy, you wanted to be the top dog. And then you forget what God is trying to do. God is trying to make him humble. 
being humble is a very important thing to God. Because most of the time, on the history, if you look at the history of mankind, a lot of the people have a lot of pride and greed. They're the ones that destroyed everything around them. Name a few, Hitler. Right? So much pride, so much greed. He wants everything to himself. Now, David comes to Saul and enters his service. Service, don't forget. David entered Saul's service. This is the guy who's going to be future king of Israel. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Now, God gives you favor. God brings you into favor. God will bring you into favor even in with your enemies. Right? And then you tend to forget that. All because of... Now, you have to remember while I'm reading this, David having this favor, or he can be in this place because his obedience. He's so obedient that time, this guy don't know the word no. He only knows yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. It's like me in the house. No, yes. Yes, my love. Yes. That's all I need to know. Oh, she's looking at me like. <laughs> so yeah. He only knows yes. Okay? So this is how you used to you should be as well. Right? You may you, you, you may question a lot of stuff. I'm not saying no. As human beings, we do question. Are we right? We battle with ourselves. Is it the right thing? Is it, oh, is it, really God said this? Did he really say this? You know, sometimes when the doubt, when I don't know whether I go, should go yes or no, I say, God, I am going to do, because I don't know what you're trying to tell me. I really don't know. I take a minute and I peace with it. And I say, Father, I'm going to go with this. I think this is the one because that gives me anxiety. Going to that place over there gives me anxiety. So I'm going to go to the place that gives me peace. Because God only promised you peace. And that's when you know you did the right thing. This is when you know that you're listening from the Holy Spirit. This is when you know you're tuned in. Don't forget people, these smaller things are important. You might choose that thing, that everything that God has in ask you to do because out of fear. Am I not? God said, you don't do it because you know for a fact, oh, I need to do that because I am going to be late for this or this is not going to happen. So out of fear, you do that. God said, no, don't do that. I've got a different plan. Amen? When I was switching my jobs from, I remember one of the companies to going to another company, I have, I'm like, should I do this, do this or no? But I was so scared to leave because I was in a good position. I'm making good money. But I have some reason. I have so much peace going into a lower position, making low money. And then I'm like, do I really have to do this? But the thing is, the money, the, the company that I was working with, it gave me so much money. I'm in a good position. I'm in the position of authority. I can tell people what to do. Now, the person I'm going to go to, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Like My pay is going to cut literally in half. But I have so much peace doing that than thinking about that. I said, Father, I am going to take that. So I went into that company, but now I am making more money than... I'm, I'm not trying to materialize this sermon. That is never going to happen. What I'm trying to tell you is God is, may, will make you decisions of peace, then in the future he can benefit you. Because the job that I have right now, I have learned a quite a lot, a lot and then I can set myself up for the future and then I can support my, me and my missus, my household. See how God, now the company that I was 
what used to be after COVID, they went down. This is how God trying to tell you things and teach you things. But you ignore it. Because you give in to fear. Amen? Now, when the Spirit, of the God, Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. And then the relief would come to Saul and he would feel better. And then the evil spirit would leave him. Now, 17. David and Goliath. Everybody face a Goliath. Either daily or weekly or monthly or yearly or for the last 10 years or for the 10 years to come. You probably can spot a Goliath now miles away. Are you guys not? Because you have fought with Goliaths most of your lives. You can, spe- you can spot a Goliath. When you- oh, okay, there you go, another one. Get ready. Get ready. All right? But the, 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 the good thing is you don't have to, to fight him because Jesus has already won the fight. You only have to stand in front of it and say, I am going to walk through you. You don't need to fight anymore because you only have to walk through it. But one thing that needs to happen when you're walking through it, you have to be obedient. You have to have a keen ear with the Holy Spirit. You need to listen what the Holy Spirit tells you. See, He's given you the ability to spot the Goliath. Right? He's telling you, walk. Listen to me and walk. Step into the water. I am in the boat with you. I am the one who creating the storm. I am the one who controlling everything. So why are you fearful of the storm? I control everything. You just need to sit in the boat and listen to me. Amen? Now, 17. Now the Philistine gathered their forces of war and assembled in Soka and Judea. They pitched camp in Ephesus, Damim, between Soka and Azekah. Saul and Israel is assembled, camped in the valley of Elah, and drew up their battle lines to meet their Philistines. Philistines occupied the hill and the Israelis another, with the valley between them. Now, two sides are divided, about to go to war. All right, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit now. Now. There's a champion named Goliath came out and saying stuff about the people of Israel. Cussing their God, telling all kind of nonsense, right? Now, what happened when this happened? Here comes David with his goats and cheese and bread. Handsome looking man with a goat and cheese and bread, right? And then when he comes over here, he hears these things. This is a very important lesson to learn in a minute, right? He hear this is then David who is a fire, fiery guy. And who is this uncircumcised Philistines talk about my God? Dude, you have no idea. You come to my postcode and you tell him about my God. You having a laugh, mate? Right? It's, it was reading yesterday. It's like almost like in here now you're about to team up with the biggest force in your life. Right? You're talking about my God? Okay, fine. Let me show you who my God is. Now, 
when this happens, one of David's blood, David's brother, listening to this conversation, right? I think it's further down somewhere. Um, this is three elder sons had to follow Saul's war and firstborn Eli, the second, the youngest, and three the eldest, four. Anyhow, one of his brothers was listening to the conversation and said, David, shut your mouth. What's wrong with you? You, you, you don't want this. You don't want part of this. You don't want part of this. And this is the same brothers. Listen to this. Very carefully. This is the same brothers knows that David's going to be there. So, this, this, this is my human life. If I know my brother's going to be king, right? I'd be like, I'd be like, dude, yeah, just, you know, you should go to, to Saul, talk about it because, but don't tell them you're king, but tell them that idea, you know, because you're going to be king because I'd be proud of my brother now. This the same brother knows that his brother is going to be king by telling you, just get out of here with me. Can you see what's happening there? Your closest people can be the people who will drag you down. See, I also tell my missus, like, I cannot trust a, a non-Christian person who tells me he's going to offer me the world. When you go to the world, your bosses or whatever is non-Christian tells you, you do that, do that. I cannot trust them. You know why? Because I cannot even trust a Christian. You know why? Because we are all humans. Do you see how deep that is? She said, oh, you, you, you look at people. No, I don't look at bad of people. I don't have the ability, the power to think that you are a good person because I don't see your heart. I don't see your intentions. I only can hear what you're telling me in a human level. I don't know your spiritual side of it. I don't know who your power behind you. I don't know who, who don't know whose words are you speaking. Because that scares me. Because most of the Christians, or if you look at the YouTube or internet anywhere, you can see all of these pastors doing this nonsense, even though they call Christians. They preach the word of God every day on the pulpit, trying to drag the people out from the pit, but they're doing the horrible thing out there. So how can I trust a non-Christian? Think about it for a second. What I'm trying to tell you now, don't go out there and then don't untrust everybody. You know, you don't do well. Don't do that. What I'm trying to tell you is, when are you about to take a step? When you're about to make a decision, right? Ask God, is this person, is this coming from you, Father? Am I to take this advice or not? You can be there. You can say, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't want to be in this conversation. I don't want to have this. You can politely leave. Because if it is harming your spirit, if it is harming the way that you want to live, if it is harming the way that God wants you to live, you don't need that. Because God is not happy with that, the way you are about to conduct yourself. Amen? Now, the same people that will be for you might tell they're against you because the David's brother know that he's going to be the king by this. Yet, he will say, now shut your mouth, bro. You got nothing to do with this. Now, anyhow, Time's running out. Now, David went in front of Saul and said, you know what? Put me in front of this guy. Saul's so like, you know, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a warrior, right? He, he killed a lot of people. Can you not see his size? Right? I remember back in the day, I stood people twice the bigger than me. I'm ready to fight. 
Right? I know I will get knocked out. Hundred percent, I know I will get knocked out. But it's the matter of fact, standing your ground and say, "No, I am not gonna back down." You might beat me, you might hurt me, but I am not backing down. See, that's what David's going through right now. I know that guy is big. I know he's huge, but you have no idea who's backing me up, right? Because he says, "When he is going, no." For me, the David to have that much of a courage, right? That much of a a humble audacity, if I might say, to go in front of Saul and say, put me in front of Goliath, I will bring you his head. Because you know why? The day that he's got anointed, what came down on him? The Spirit of the Lord. Now, this guy's anointed. He's operating on the Holy Spirit. Well, back in the day, a lot of the people don't get this opportunity unless God specifically bring the Holy Spirit down on you. But at the moment, and now it's available to everybody. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I'm telling you. You all looking at yourself as David when you look at it in the mirror. Amen. You can take your Goliath. Now, now David said. Now another lesson in here. Now he he put all of the uh, Saul put all of the armor in in David's body and say, you know, you're ready to fight. David's walked around a couple of minutes and say, I can't do this, dude. I'm not you. I'm not you. I am a different breed. I don't fight like you. I fight like me. Right? See, this is what sometimes happens. You think because somebody else living a good life, somebody's living a, a luxury life, somebody's having a rich money, it's worked for you. It doesn't mean it works for you. Because it's not designed for you. You know, if you're a size 7, you're not going to fit into size 9 shoes. It's never going to happen. Right? If you're an Asian male or a female, you're never going to be a white male or a female, right? If you were born a man, you're never going to be a, a woman. If you're born a woman, you're never going to be a man. I, I don't want to take this sermon elsewhere, but what I'm trying to tell you is, if God tells you something you are, that's who you are. You cannot change your course along the way thinking that's who you are. Don't try to step into other people's shoes. David said to, um, Jesus said to Peter, do not worry about what I do with other people's life. You worry about yourself because you got so much baggage to carry because you got so much dirt on you. Before you look into other person's eye, look in your own eye. You got so much stuff to you have to learn yourself, right? David said, no, 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 no. Let me, let me do all of these things. Let me do me. Now God has given David skills. I am going to trust my skills, what has God already given me. What God has already given me, he went out there when he's looking after sheep, he killed bears and what? Lions. The guy is good at, great at doing that. He's knocking down lions and bears, as the Bible says, like tin cans. Right? He's good at doing what he was doing. Right? You don't do all this fancy armor-bearing stuff. You don't do that. He only does slingshot stuff. A simple but effective. That's how God wants you to be. God wants you to be simple, but effective. If you see a lot of preachers out there, pastors out there, they might come up with these expensive suits and the expensive cars with the bodyguards on. Empty. Empty! You need simple, but effective. This church is very simple, but very effective. I've been to mega churches, and I've been here. My life changed quite a lot since then, and I've learned quite a lot under Pastor Robson. And this is how your life changes. Right? Now, he took five stones and his sling. Let me show you. So he, he went down. He went down and said, Now, 
Goliath, as you know, is a big guy, big lad. Who who do you think you are? You think I'm a dog? Now, can you imagine David is a small guy, but don't forget, he's a good-looking guy. Now, Goliath is looking at him. Who is this guy? It's like a little child coming with me, a slingshot, and have stones. Goliath have no idea what he's going to get hit by. Right? It's very simple but effective. Now, David's promise before he did something. He said, I am going to destroy you. Your army will fall in front of me. Right? I will crush your head. Now, when, when um, Goliath come in front of him, right? This is, this is Israel make or break. This is the make or break time for Israel and this is the most important moment for David as well. Now, don't forget, they, Goliath, this is a prophecy comparison, I'm going to give you a side note. When Goliath comes in, he's wearing all bronze. All, everything bronze, beautiful bronze, shiny, right? Who else asked to put a bronze in front of Israel? Do you remember that story? When snakes was biting, God said to make a statue of bronze and put it in there so snake will flee. So now David knew all of these things. He can't say that he don't know that. He's like, I am going to come at you. So now, imagine this scene for a minute, right? This is a supernatural power. Now, when David took that stone, start swinging. When he released that stone, right? In my head, there is no way a stone can take a man down just like that. You might get unconsciously go down, right? When David releases that stone, when you releases your word, when you releases your work, when you're about to do something that God asks you to do, do not forget, God will stand behind because He gave your word already to you. So when David releases that stone, the God came down from His throne, stood behind that throne when He had the impact on Goliath's head. And he fell down, face down. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Everything what you do, everything what you do, if God asks you to do it, He will stand behind it. Whether it's small or big, but the impact's going to be so powerful that you can't even comprehend in your mind what I've just did. I am sure when the Goliath went down, David probably thinking, did I do that? I had those moments. I had those moments. Did I just do that? Wow. I know for a fact I don't have the skills or ability. I know I did what I could do, but the impact of what I did is huge. It's not only for him, it's for all of Israel he did it for. Whatever you do, there will be consequences for you and for everybody around you. It is not only just for you. End of the day, it's for the people of God, for the kingdom of God, for the Israel. And exactly the same thing what you do. Whatever the decision that you make in your household, it is affect you, your wife, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your children, your friends and family, and maybe a community. You do not know to do that. Are you guys with me? Do you see this David story is, is, is the lesson, I call it lesson one. It's a very simple story, but it's so yet so powerful, impactful. If you break it down to a boiling point and see how comparison you can be with David's story. Because there are certain things that when I was reading, it's like, oh, I still do that. I need to adjust myself. 
You guys with me? Now, when you go home today, just think of yourself, stand in front of the mirror. Ask of yourself, God, what are the areas that you want me to work on? Father, give me the heart of David. There's another sermon coming, part two of this one, but we'll go through it more. But you should start to work on in your heart. That God to, to discipline you, to show you what discipline is. To be humble, to have a keen ear, to listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit, to take you on a journey. Do not take matters into your own hand. When God asks you to be waited, you're going to be waiting. Most of you don't do that, including myself. I love to, I, I, I want things yesterday. Most of you want things yesterday. You know? You may be, you have to make a decision in the coming days. You don't know that. But I would say before you make it, ask God. You probably already made a decision. I don't know. Right? And that decision may be a good one or bad one. I don't know. But God is going to reveal it into in time. Before I forget my thought. But if you're in this situation now, you're in there because God warned you to be. Now, from that moment, now from this moment in your life right now, forget what happened yesterday or a few seconds ago. Right now, you have to make a decision. Father, I am going to commit myself 100% to you. I may, God knows already, when you say 100%, I know what's going to happen. Please, right? God already knows that, right? But what counts is the heart. You put your heart in the place that you're willing to listen. You're willing to, to walk with Him. And that's where God is trying to work on you. If you don't have the willingness, this is what God is looking at. If you don't have the willingness of to, to, to do what He asks you to do, of the follow the Holy Spirit, God cannot do much because He's given you the free will to whatever you want to do. He's not going to take that back because He's a man of His word. Right? He's a man of his word. So what I'm going to ask you, congregation, today, are you the person who wants God to interfere in your life? If you are the person that you want God's wisdom, God's strength in this difficult time in your life, some of you younger than me, some of you older than me, but yet you have to make decisions every day. Tomorrow, week later, month later, years later down the line. But are you willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Father, you tell me what to do until you tell me I will not make a move. Father, know that God be still and know who He is. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. 
follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.